Hello, hello, hello again. Welcome everybody to Tea and Nuggets. I'm your podcast host, MJ Hayes, and I am actually coming to you live from Grenada. I know you appreciated that that sing song melody there. But yes, I just arrived in Grenada a couple of hours ago. Uh, at the recording of this episode, it is January 29th. And to ring in 2019, I really just wanted to be in a new environment, experiencing something new, meeting some new people, doing some new and different things, and also slightly escaping uh, the freezing cold and rain of New York City and replacing it with something a bit more tropical and picturesque like Grenada. So I'm super excited about recording the second episode of Tea and Nuggets. I hope you have enjoyed what has been published thus far. We had our first full-length episode published December 9th, and then we had our teaser published at the end of November. So just digging into our tea chest, because you know that's how we do. One of the things I want to start off talking about is what received some major buzz a couple of weeks ago, and that was Cardi B's announcement that her marriage to Migos member Offset was over, that they were going to be moving forward with a divorce. Uh, She didn't give a specific reason as to why they were divorcing, but different allegations and different claims of Offset not being faithful to his wife, cheating with other women. I know it was a video that came out with one of these women um, allegedly saying that she didn't think that Cardi B's marriage to Offset was that serious and she felt so bad for attributing to breaking up a happy home. And following that announcement, Offset took to social media, per usual, to do a series of apologies to his estranged wife. He did a post on his personal Instagram account, um, and he also interrupted one of her performances to go on stage and administer what was supposed to be a heartfelt apology But when you end an apology with, hey, I just want to say I'm sorry, bruh, to your wife, I think that kind of takes away the heartfelt piece of it. So in talking about that, there are many different comments and commentary around Offset taking to social media and basically galvanizing his fans and her fans and fans of their marriage to assist him in putting the pressure on Cardi B to reconsider a divorce and reconsider separating and really coming back together as a married unit and also a family considering Cardi recently gave birth to their first child, Culture, about five or so months ago at this point. I definitely just realized I said January 29th at the top of the episode. 
I meant December 29th. Blame every bit of that on jet lag or maybe it was a Freudian slip. Maybe I am so ready to get all up in 2019. I just can't wait for it to come. But anywho, wanted to correct that before moving on. Yes, so this pressure that Cardi has been receiving has been coming not only from her fans, but also fellow celebrities who have chimed in their thoughts, their feelings. They've said, hey, you should really take him back. He's being super apologetic. He loves you. Think about your family. And in addition to what is coming from their collective and individual fan bases, as far as people saying that, oh my goodness, is so sweet what he did. He really wants her back. He's apologizing on social media. He interrupted her concert because he just wants to talk to her and wants to be with her. I feel like all of those comments, all of those things are really fruitless because none of us know the true intricacies of their relationship. And to the extent that we do know their relationship is basically what they have chosen to share with us. Now, keep in mind, I do feel as if maybe what they have shared has been a bit of an overshare. Uh, Cardi's album, Invasion of Privacy, I was watching an interview and someone asked her what inspired that album title and she said well I just felt like it was a point in time in my career where everyone was in my business so it was a true invasion of privacy and that's what I named my album and I completely understand that I'm not a celebrity myself but I understand how celebrities they are in positions where it's just high visibility they're highly in demand people want to know what they're doing where they're going who they're with all the time cameras and people and paparazzi are always following you around you really don't have just a moment to yourself to really reflect and sit and think and and have privacy for real but even in the midst of being a celebrity and having that celebrity status a big part of what the public knows about you is based upon what you choose to share and how you choose to let the public in. You can be transparent, but not reveal every single intimate detail of your life to people. And I think some celebrities who have done that very well and very seamlessly, um, I would say Beyonce, I would say Denzel Washington, I would say Meryl Streep. There are a number of different celebrities who are very transparent, very forthcoming with different things involving their celebrity status, but you don't know the half or a quarter or an eighth really of their personal life beyond who they may be married to or who they may be dating. And I think that with Cardi, in looking at her, it's a couple of factors that you have to look at when you look at Cardi and Offset's relationship. 
Both of them are young people who have garnered a significant amount of success and celebrity status in a relatively short period of time. They're both right at their mid-20s, I believe like 25 and 26. And Cardi, I can say on her end, really started her career using social media as her platform to communicate with people, to share her interests, to share her music, to share her personality. Social media really helped her build her brand as Cardi B. And so I do feel that she feels obligated to share all of this information with her social media following because it was her social media followers who really helped to catapult her career when she was on Love & Hip Hop, when she transitioned off of Love & Hip Hop and really started focusing on her music. It's her social media following her fans who have made all of the songs on her album Invasion of Privacy either gold or platinum status. You know, so I I completely understand where she feels in a sense like I have to let my fans know what's going on because that's something that she has been doing throughout the building of her career and she seems to me like a person who doesn't want to be identified as someone who switched it up, someone who is not true to themselves or who is not genuine uh, or someone who sold out. So in looking at that factor and looking at that layer, I understand why she may have felt compelled to share her relationship status on social media and then after Offset then shared on his social platforms his apologies and interrupted her concert she then followed up with another video I believe it was two videos actually just sharing with her fans like look this happened Uh, We're still not together, but don't talk about him. I'm just asking you to be respectful right now because he is still culture's father, things like that. And it's so many things within that where I'm just like, girl, you don't have to feel obligated to share any of your personal business with anyone because I am amongst the belief that the moment you share your personal business is the moment that you open up a door for people to provide their unsolicited opinions, feedback, suggestions, recommendations, what have you. You also open up a door for people to develop a bias either for or against you or your partner. And once people start developing that bias, it's hard for them to see beyond that bias if you and that person were to reconcile because they're, they were so ingrained and so involved in that moment where things may not have been on the up and up that they can't see 
with clear eyes and in a clear mind what it is that you see in that person when you are on the relationship mend. And I think that with Offset, again, a young man, he loves this woman. Uh, Apparently, he loved her enough to marry her, but he's still a very young man who's garnered a significant amount of success in a short amount of time where people are constantly going to be um, looking to him or looking at him to distract him from what should be a priority, which is his family and his wife. And I'm not saying that that's just everyone else's problem, because at the end of the day, he, while being a young man, he's still a grown man. And it was his choice to stand up in front of an officiant and swear to God or whatever higher power the two of them collectively believe in that he was going to be married to this woman and be faithful till death do them part. That was still his obligation to his wife, no matter who came out the woodwork and lured, seduced him, whatever, what have you, he was still obligated as her husband to reject those advances and not engage in any sexual relationships or any sexual activities outside of those within the sanctioned union of his marriage. And with the two of them going through such a very sensitive thing, relationships are incredibly hard they are hard because they are complex they are complex because in a relationship in order for it to work and be sustainable and be fulfilling for both parties you have to peel back the layers of yourself like an onion to truly reveal yourself to the person that you're with and be open and honest and fully transparent about your strengths, about your weaknesses, about those temptations that you may have, about the things that scare you so that the two of you can work together to constantly reinforce and support one another when it's needed. And when it comes to the two of them, I feel like their relationship was very much a whirlwind. I don't know how long they knew each other before they decided, hey, we want to be together, we want to be married, things like that. That's none of my concern. But I understand that the complexity of relationships, because they're between those two people, it's a lot that spectators just won't know and don't know. And even if you try to share with them it's still going to be a bit in vain because they don't they don't see the full picture like you do as a person being in the relationship. And so with Cardi sharing first that the two of them were going to be ending their relationship and then following back up and saying, you know, I'm not saying this to try to support, offer support for him or things of that nature. It's just 
a constant letting people in or a constant obligation to feel that you have to let people in when they don't belong anywhere in your business. You can practice discretion. You can share only what it is that you feel comfortable sharing at that point, but you can still be transparent with your fans and say, hey, I am working on a lot of things right now. I'm focusing on my music. I have this new album out or I'm working on my new album. I'm working on this new video, things like that. People don't have to know anything about your personal business, but you can still share what's going on with you. Like Beyonce will know anything. We didn't know anything about her personal business, her struggles within her marriage, their issues with infidelity until Lemonade came out. And when Lemonade came out, that was something my understanding in reading different articles and interviews was that both her and her husband came together and agreed that the content of that album was, in a sense, a way of them kind of cleansing themselves with his 444 album with her lemonade album the two of them cleansing themselves of all of the complexity of the problems that they experience in their marriage and reuniting and renewing their vows to one another to move forward and do things differently but again That was something throughout all the times that it was happening. We didn't know that because Beyonce was not sharing that. Jay-Z was not sharing that. And I think that it was very smart and very strategic of them not to do that because they didn't want anyone in their business unnecessarily. And they could deal with their problems the way they needed to, the way they felt most comfortable dealing with them with Cardi and Offset, as much as I enjoy them as a couple, I think they look very cute together, and I think that their little one is absolutely adorable. I also think that people can only invade your privacy if you are opening yourself up to let people in in that way. And I think that with this particular instance, they have to just shut it down and work on them and then come back and rebuild and reassess and see what it is if they decide to stay together, if they decide to break apart, what it is that they collectively want to share in respect to their relationship and how they want their fans to engage and interact with them. So digging into the tea chest once again, I want to explore and talk about the many faces of abuse. I was talking to someone a couple of weeks ago and this person was talking about their partner and how they are just in a rough patch with their relationship right now no mincing words about it Uh, this person is looking to leave this is a marriage so leaving isn't as easy as 
chalking up the deuces saying I'll see you later. Uh, this is also a marriage with children. And this person, as I'm talking to them, is really miserable in their current situation right now. And they have already consulted with legal experts about what it would look like to terminate this relationship and proceed with filing for a divorce. And there are a number of factors that prevent this person from being able to move forward with doing that. And the primary factor is that they can't afford to leave their partner right now. And their partner is very much aware of that and is using that fact to, I don't want to say threaten, but is using that fact to constantly remind this person that, hey, if you try to leave me, I will no longer fund A, B, and C. Or if you try to leave me, I will sue you for spousal support or things of that nature. And it's incredibly sad because as I'm talking to this person and I'm looking at this person, I see that their partner right now is financially abusing them. And I know that there are, again, many different faces of abuse. You have physical abuse, you have emotional abuse, you have verbal abuse. But one thing I want to talk about specifically today in this episode is financial abuse. I was in Houston not too long ago. It was earlier in 2018, I want to say around July. And I went to this part of town where it was very artsy and very hip and things like that. And it was this huge mural on the wall. And it said, financial abuse is real. It's just easy to hide. And when I first saw it, first of all, it was hard to read And I think that was intentional by the artist because the background of the picture of the painting was the same color as the words, except the background was a matte finish and the words were a gloss. So I definitely think that was intentional by the artist to say, like, this is how easy it is to hide it. But the message was still there and it sat with me and it resonated with me and it made me look up what is financial abuse? Like, what does that even mean? Like, who does that? And in doing a little bit of research, it was really just talking about how with different forms of abuse, like verbal or emotional abuse, it's someone who is basically manipulating another person um, 
into acquiescing to their demands or trying to manipulate a situation in their favor by dangling financial obligations or making threats of a financial nature against this other person. And I thought that was ridiculous, but I was also thinking, well, you know what? I'm actually more familiar with this than I thought. Not that I have been financially abused, but I have known other people who have been in situations where their partners or where their family members have threatened to cut them off if they don't move forward with doing X, Y, and Z. I'll cut you off from receiving any money if you date this person or if you quit this program or if you decide that you want to leave me. And as I was talking to this other person a couple of weeks ago, I said, that sounds like financial abuse. And we were, we were in a group talking with some other trusted folks. And another person in the group piped up and said, financial abuse, what is that? And I said, financial abuse is just as real as physical abuse, is just as real as verbal or emotional abuse. I said, any form of abuse, no matter how blatant it is, like from physical abuse, you can see where someone has hit someone or, or burned someone or something like that. Um, where that may be more obvious and more visible, all these different forms of abuse still leave deep and real scars on people. And it's horrifying when you think about any of these forms of abuse and how they really paralyze people into staying in situations that they don't need to be in that are not serving them well, that are not healthy. And they really continue to allow for toxic relationships to flourish. And I am just sending thoughts, prayers, encouragement to anyone who may be listening to this podcast If you are in a situation where you're experiencing any type of abuse, whether it's financial, whether it's verbal, emotional, mental, physical, as scary as it may seem to deal with the consequences of addressing the issue or or removing yourself from that situation, please, Do it for yourself. Try to get some help or at least some support from someone that you trust. You know, it may it may be that your situation right now, it can't be helped. It's just something that is happening with you. And when I was talking to uh, this particular person a couple of weeks ago, it's, it's nothing at this point that I can do to help that person. But I... And doing my best to remain a support for that person emotionally. 
before that person can feel comfortable coming to me and talking about what's going on or coming to me to ask questions about, um, you know, how do you go about managing your budget as a single person or what are some resources or, or things that I should consider in going out on my own? How do I, how should I go about conducting a job search or an apartment search or whatever? While I, I can't do anything about the situation or the environment that this person is going home to every day, I can do what I can do as far as just being a support being willing to listen, being willing to share information as I can, and also being willing to provide resources as they are made available to me that I feel are relevant to what this person is experiencing and may be helpful to this person as they're looking to make a transition out of a situation. So whether it's you who are the subject of the abuse, you're on the receiving end of abuse, or whether you're someone and you know someone is in a situation of being abused, sometimes we can't just go in there like a bull in a china shop trying to change everything all at once. It's more so about pacing ourselves. It's more so about being strategic. It's more so about being careful and I know in some situations like with extreme physical abuse that it's not a matter of you got to get somebody out of that situation as soon as possible but also that person sometimes you have to be patient with the person who is on the receiving end of that abuse because they just may not be ready yet and they have to commit to being ready to move on So that when they do leave, it's a matter of them completely leaving that and not just leaving for a period of time and then falling back into the same habit because they are fearful or because they felt that this was something that someone else wanted to do that they didn't fully commit to doing. And they're still susceptible to the manipulation of the person who was dishing out that abuse to them. So that is something that is deep and real. And I feel like as we are on the verge of a new year, we have to look at and evaluate All of the things that are in our lives, the things that we continue to let into our lives, the things that we continue to tell ourselves that are not in alignment with what we know that we deserve. Like with this person who I was talking to, I think they know what they deserve and what they want, but it's a matter of it being such a layered situation with children involved, with obligations of homes and and shared accounts and, and cars and things of that nature, that they're just feeling completely overwhelmed 
by taking those necessary next steps to get to what it is that they deserve. And so right now, they're just enduring and trying to see what they could or should be lining up in order to make a baby step towards a giant leap. And I think that's fine. I think that's good. Um, But it's still a matter of always keeping in the forefront what it is that you know that you want and what it is that you know that you deserve because that is what's going to be your beacon, your guiding light for ordering your own steps towards getting that. And it's going to be that that motivation that sustains you when times in receiving that abuse get incredibly hard and and spirit shattering. Like keeping your eye on what you know that you deserve and keeping your faith in whatever God you may serve that they can provide you with what you need to get out of that is incredibly important. But again, just anybody who is out there who needs some help, who knows someone who needs some help, let's all do what we can to support one another and be there for one another and articulate how we need to be helped, how we can be supported right now. And just another note on financial abuse and financial insecurity. And I encourage anyone listening to just do a quick search on any search engine about financial abuse and financial insecurity because there is something to be said about the fact that we are all always thinking about our money and having enough resources, having enough money to afford all the things that we need and acquire a majority of the things that we want. And whenever you're in a situation where your funds are being limited or restricted by someone else, that is a terrible way of someone attempting to control you or controlling you because they're taking away your financial freedom and your financial flexibility and your financial stability and financial resource so that you can move forward and navigate in today's world as easily and as seamlessly as you can when you know that you have a dedicated financial resource. And as we're just looking at our New Year, New Me, as some people like to say, I'm reminded of my mother and also Tyra Banks. (laughs) And I know that's an interesting combination of being reminded of, of two women, but from the sense of always having financial security, it was one thing that my mother told both me and my sister is that you should always, no matter what, you're in a relationship, that's great, that's wonderful, you're married, you have children, that's great, wonderful, 
awesome. But no matter what, you should always have, just for you, a financial nest egg. I can barely talk. What is going on? But a financial nest egg where should some stuff go down, should you fall out with your partner, should something happen with one of your children, should something happen with you that you need to take care of immediately, it needs to be handled discreetly, whatever, you should always have financial reserves that only you have access to. My mother told me that, and then Tyra Banks, it was a very early episode of America's Next Top Model, one of the earliest cycles. She was talking about how her mother told her the same thing. She said her mother told her that you should always have F-U money, where somebody comes to you and tries to tell you what to do or tries to hold funds from you or anything of that nature tries to leave you high and dry you can just say f you i got money and that's your f you money and that's your personal stash that's your financial nest egg that can get you through tough times that can get you through hard times that can get you through just unexpected times and i truly believe in that i know that Sometimes it's hard to stash away money when you are working, you're paying high rent or high mortgage, you're also trying to contribute the maximum to your 401k, you're trying to still maintain and have like a social life with your friends, everybody's trying to build up their passport stamps, I know I am, hence why I'm in Grenada or one of the reasons why I'm here and then you're also trying to just add money to your savings just a general savings so that you have living expenses should something happen with your job or your entrepreneurial venture where you can have funds to pay rent for the next couple of months or make ends meet I understand it's hard when you're looking at all those different plates Uh, upon which your check, your money pie is being divided and split, but you still have to just make an effort. Make, it could be a small amount, it could be a little something. Just putting something aside so that in the event something goes down, in the event you need to break free of something. And it it doesn't necessarily have to be a bad relationship or anything like that. It could just be you need to take some personal time to yourself to recalibrate and recharge your batteries. Maybe your FU money is for a much needed trip or a massage or whatever. We have to do what we have to do to provide outlets for ourselves when we need them. And part of providing those outlets is making sure that we have financial securities in different areas and things that we only have access to. So again, just a reiteration of that being financially secure is a great and wonderful feeling. Being financially insecure, not knowing where your next check is coming from, not knowing if 
you will have access to your traditional financial reserves or if someone is going to try to keep that away from you, that is a horrible feeling. It makes you feel lost. It makes you feel like you can't move. You can't go anywhere. You can't do anything. You're overwhelmed. You're paralyzed in it. So if anyone takes any bit of advice from this particular episode is start building your financial reserve, your FU money. Alrighty, tea sippers tribe, that wraps up officially episode number two, the Grenada edition of Tea and Nuggets podcast. If you have any thoughts, suggestions, feedback, questions, comments, concerns, feel free to shoot me an email. I want to hear all of it. Shoot me an email at enjoytea.nuggets at gmail.com. That's E-N-J-O-Y-T-E-A dot nuggets, N-U-G-G-E-T-S at gmail.com. I really want to hear from all of you who are listening. Just share your feedback, what you like listening to, what you like to talk about. Um, different topics that you feel deserve a little bit of attention or discussion or anything. I'm happy to just hear from you. And thank you all again for supporting Tea and Nuggets across all of our different platforms where we're available. We are literally out here, okay? We are in... SoundCloud, we are on Anchor FM, we are on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Pocket Cast, Stitcher, Radio Public, and Breaker. So we are so excited that we're continuing to grow our voice and grow across all these different platforms. And again, thank you for your listens, for your shares, for referring this podcast to your friends. We so appreciate it and just love you to little bits. Have an amazing new year, ringing in the new year celebration. It's about to be 2019, y'all, and we are going to make this year amazing. So again, thank you for listening, and I'll be sharing more tea and nuggets with you soon. Bye.